I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. So this episode marks the first one of season two. I'm especially excited to be back recording and writing and just discussing even more intriguing topics because it's really enjoyable to do. So I can't wait to bring out some new guests and audio clips. I'm just really excited for some new content. So to just jump right into the topic, while on my one-week hiatus from uploading episodes, I came across some images, like on TikTok, videos on TikTok, of sidewalk areas with these like many, many triangular concrete blocks just spiked all over them. And it looked like something out of some kind of prison or detention center, outdoor space, like it was odd. And as 15-second TikTok videos aren't nearly enough to fully inform anyone on any topic, I decided to take a quick Google trip and explore these very weird structures for myself. I was surprised to also come across images in like the similar picture section that Google will show you that looked very familiar, like I'd come across them in my lifetime. Metal benches with bars in between them, some with gaps in between them completely, just structures that we've all at least I've personally observed in the city, in public areas. So immediately, I began to just ponder, why do these weirdly designed, and frankly, really ugly, benches exist? Well, I can tell you that it's definitely not for comfort purposes or those of convenience. Weirdly enough, it's because of the opposite. Commonly recognized, these benches and sidewalks, amongst other public structures, constitute an entire building style, except not a beautiful one rooted in the history of cities like Rome or Barcelona but rather one rooted in America's hatred of the poor. Widely known as hostile architecture, these benches and sidewalks don't exist to encourage people to be more active and to stand. Their purpose is connected to homelessness, a widespread issue which the majority of people are familiar with. So what exactly is hostile architecture? Why does it exist and how does it tie into poverty? Continue listening for an answer to all of these questions and for an insightful discussion on homelessness. According to the International Network of Street Papers, hostile architecture can be defined as a trend in urban design which discourages the use of spaces in any way other than the intention of the owner or designer. It has existed all over the world in various ways, but the most harmful examples have come in the way of targeting the homeless community, an already marginalized group, many of whom look for a place to sleep or rest during the day. So although seemingly unintentional, based off of the definition I just read, The creation of this architecture style has created a sub-issue, I guess you could say, within the bigger issue of homelessness, a lack of public space. Looking at some of these hostile designs though, I'm looking like on Google all over the place, I notice a huge variety. Some are pretty complex, with one in particular being this, I don't know how to like describe it perfectly, but I'll try. One of them in particular is this rectangular shape with these dense and uneven sides that makes it resemble some sort of art piece you would find in a museum. Conversely, some of these designs I'm looking at right now are really simplistic. For example, benches with armrests in the middle, like nothing more, nothing less, not anything too crazy. But the difference in these design styles says a lot about the intent of the architects. Some of those complex bench designs I've seen are a nod to art, meaning it's very likely that the people who created them didn't want them to be viewed as just a bench or like just a place to sit. They want it to be viewed as art. So although these 12-sided uneven concrete structures have dents that allow them to be sat on, that wasn't the primary intent for their creation. So to put it this way, those peculiar, more complex designs can be assimilated with art, designed by an artist who would prefer for them to be admired, although they still fall under the category of hostile architecture. 
On the other end of the spectrum, those structures with very simplistic designs are a blatant nod to hostility. Although this doesn't seem like it would be the case, considering that putting more effort into making a complex structure hard to sit on, like the 12-sided figure structure things I mentioned previously, although that seems worse, you have to notice the intent behind it. The simple design I'm referring to is that of a bench, so I want you to visualize a normal standard park bench. No armrests, no concrete blocks, like no hostile design. I think there's like one universal bench. Everyone knows what I'm referencing. Now, picture the middle part of the bench just gone, like just the middle chunk of the bench, excluding the part that you put your back against, just completely removed. See, that tells me why the intent behind that bench is different than that of the 12-sided, unconventional, concrete, art museum-style bench. That That is perceived as art. The designer wants it to be viewed in the lens of an artist admiring a nice work of art. It's supposed to be eclectic. But a bench with the middle chunk missing, strategically enough so that you can sit down but not be able to lay down or rest, that is not art, it's just inhumane. But it's important to reiterate here that both of those structures I just mentioned are examples of hostile architecture. The difference is, one is likely unintentional, with the intent pertaining to art and the designer wanting an artistic view, whereas the other's intent pertains directly to making someone uncomfortable and creating a lack of resting areas for those who need it. Unless, that is, you consider a bench with the middle chunk missing a piece of art. Now, although hostile architecture was first created as a method to maintain public safety and order, serving as a way to deter people from skating or loitering, for example, it has evolved into a style that targets homeless people disproportionately. Because the thing is, when public officials think of targeting loiterers or those who linger in public areas, they end up unintentionally targeting a bigger population, homeless people. According to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, of the nearly 600,000 individuals who were homeless in the United States circa 2019, a reported 211,293 were unsheltered. That is a lot of people. So that statistic really puts the whole issue of hostile architecture into perspective. Yeah, you may be stopping you being like the government, some people from skateboarding, but at what cost? A huge one. Considering that over 200,000 people are homeless and unsheltered in the United States, each of these poorly designed structures represents people who weren't able to find a place to sleep or even rest. And this truly relates to the priorities in which these countries like America, Canada, etc. housing hostile structures hold. Just to speak from America's perspective, Homelessness is definitely a large-scale issue, but instead of solving it by implementing more affordable housing or just bringing assistance to homeless people, let's install the weirdest-looking benches ever so they will not have a place to rest or even dare to sleep. And that fixes everything, because nobody will know that we have a homelessness issue if they can't see them on the street. That is exactly how I view this country's, the government's approach to homelessness and hostile architecture. Instead of implementing actual solutions to fix homelessness in itself, allocating money to those who need it, and overall making a significant effort to end homelessness, the government implements hostile architecture to deter homeless people from being able to be noticed and trying to cover up the existence of this problem because it's a cheaper way to go, disregarding a humane approach to save money. As I mentioned previously in the episode, the hostile architecture style observed throughout this country isn't rooted in some beautiful element of history, but rather in a hatred of the poor. And this may sound extreme, but it's just the unpleasant reality. 
A negative perception of homeless people is kind of ingrained into society. I've seen it everywhere, and you probably have too. For example, in those videos on YouTube where people will literally torment random homeless people on the street solely for entertainment purposes. And on the other side of the spectrum, which I'm sure most people are familiar with, when someone will do something nice or just decent for a homeless person and bombard them with a camera, like treating them like animals in order to lift themselves up and gain attention from other people. See, these examples, among others, are all rooted in the way that society has taught people to view those who are homeless as inferior. This sense of superiority that so many feel towards unsheltered people is why they are viewed and treated as some sort of human being adjacent. There's a notion that homeless people can't think for themselves or make decisions or function normally. And this can be observed in the statement, many of us have heard, I've heard it a lot, that don't give that homeless person money, they're gonna spend it on like something unhealthy or like drugs or alcohol. And this just paints homeless people as individuals who can't be trusted, who aren't at the same level as most human beings, which is clearly a very morally wrong and flawed ideal. Who are we to dictate whether or not a person should be able to buy a bag of like candy with the $1 they're given? Statements like that are just so odd to me, considering that many people who have said that are people that consume alcohol or eat unhealthy things a lot. It just reeks feelings of superiority, as if homeless people are not people who deserve the ability to just get things that they want, buy things that they want, even if it's just once, but we can. In reality, the vast majority of homeless individuals have just ended up in unfortunate situations, whether stemming from domestic violence, mental illness, unemployment, etc. It's completely awful that society degrades these people and causes us to view them as lesser than, a viewpoint that a lot of people believe in, even if it's subtle or not noticeable. And personally, one of the worst aspects of this issue, this topic of hostile architecture in, in general, is that it's kind of warped to be viewed as something like cool and like artsy and eclectic. The same way I mentioned that how that, um, like the 12 sided bench looking structure was unique and like eclectic. That's me falling victim to that mentality. Like it really makes us feel as if we're witnessing some kind of modern sense of like design or like architecture when really it's just rooted in a hatred of poor people, of those who are homeless and in bad situations. And it's just so funny to me because I remember like yesterday or like throughout this week while I was like planning and scripting this episode and stuff, I was scrolling through a lot of like images of hostile architecture, what it looks like, how it manifests itself in like public cities, popular places. And I was so just surprised to see so many benches and things that I've seen, like even like when I went to London and like when I've traveled throughout the country that I thought were like modern and like chic and cool and like hip. Like I remember going to, not New York, I don't remember that, even though it was kind of recent, but I do remember going to London and seeing a lot of these like weird benches that were kind of like swirled and they look like bike racks, but they're not. And they're kind of just places for you to sit, even when you were waiting for the double-decker, like, it was just slanted benches, and that was weird to me. I remember it crossing my mind, like, why are they slanted? Why can't I just sit normally? It, it was a structure of hostile architecture, and I just think society does a really good job, and this isn't just an American issue. It's observed throughout the world on a large, on a global scale, and it's just so weird to me that people are able, society is able to warp these structures to make it seem like it's artsy, like it's eclectic, like it's modern, when in reality it's just a more modern way to oppress people that are homeless. Once again, it really gets you thinking where the priorities of these countries that have these types of structures lie. 
They don't care about ending homelessness. They just want to make their countries look better so that they're not covered with quote unquote like trashy individuals that are sleeping because God forbid people sleep because it's a human need to sleep. It's an innate need that we have to rest and just close our eyes just for a little. So I think the fact that countries will, I'm going to observe like America in this case because I'm a little more knowledgeable on that, but I think it's so crazy that America would rather implement these structures, these weird benches with gaps missing from the middle, just to just to ensure that people don't like tarnish the look of this country as if it's not already flawed. They go to any route, the most extreme path necessary, just to ensure that they're saving money, that they're not spending money and allocating it to helping homeless people get out of these situations that are causing them to be laying in, causing them to be laying in the streets in the first place. It's just re- really weird. It's more it's like mental gymnastics. Now, something that a lot of people don't consider is that hostile architecture was created for a, a wide variety of purposes, but it just ended up harming the homeless community disproportionately. And within that, uh, within the intention of creating hostile architecture, like its roots and its basis, is deterring like criminal activity or like criminal activity, more specifically loitering, hanging out with people, hanging out with your friends, standing idly, just standing around. That's one of the main reasons why hostile architecture was created, as well as trying to avoid like drug use and stuff. Has it significantly affected that? I'm not sure. But what is important to consider is the effect that hostile architecture has had on human behavior. During a CNN interview on hostile architecture, James Furzer, an architect whose primary goal as an architect is to avoid building hostile structures, was asked, how does this influence people's behavior? He said, is it really a bad thing that you're encouraging people to hang around these spaces? Is that not what architecture and design are about? If we designed a building where people didn't want to stay for too long because it's hostile and uncomfortable, have we succeeded in our jobs to architects? I don't think so. And I think that that quote perfectly characterizes this issue and its context. It's not one that pertains to the actual law and like legality and crime, hardcore, but rather just humanity, our human nature. Humans are sociable people. We're sociable creatures. And by making architects who design places of like coming together and interacting as human beings by making them do quite the opposite of what their intentions are as architects, building hostile structures that make people want to leave, that make people that make people uncomfortable, with the disguise that it will deter crime. It is just inhumane, and it completely takes away from the nature of being an architect and of being a human being, which is more important in this context, in this situation. But to address the positive implications of hostile architecture, the very few. The founding ideology that led to the creation of these types of structures in public areas was that it would deter crime and that it would make it a more welcoming and safe place. But unfortunately, it has turned into the opposite. See, the roots of hostile architecture weren't as nearly as aggressive as they are now. Just by implementing in some areas, just some quick turns in a bench or some quick sidewalk um, dividers to ensure that people aren't doing things that are excessive in uh, criminal in criminal nature so no criminal activity is going on by putting sidewalk dividers that is that's okay but the problem comes in when you realize that over time's consistent progression hostile architecture has become way too excessive it's evolved into something that is just aggressive and unwelcoming which deviates completely from the founding basis of architecture in itself something that's supposed to bring people together and encourage good behavior See, when I talk about the excessive nature and the aggressive nature, I should say, of hostile architecture now, 
I'm referring to seeing trees in London via Google. This isn't from my memory, like from my trip. But this refers to me seeing pictures of trees studded with spikes, sharp metal spikes, not concrete triangular blocks, sharp metal spikes in trees, an element of nature, so that birds won't come and harass people or so that people won't climb in them. Because God forbid, children will do childlike things and sit in a tree and climb a tree. So let's install metal spikes in an element of nature. That is excessive. Putting gaps and taking out the middle chunk of benches that strategically to to encourage people to stay away from them completely deviates from the whole purpose of putting installing benches in public areas at all, isn't it? So that people can comfortably sit and occupy a space. It just completely drives everyone away, which is not the goal or the intent at all. Well, it kind of is, considering that it's hostile architecture. But this isn't to say that the implementation of hostile architecture and benches and weird structures in public cities and areas is the root of all issues relating to homelessness. But rather, it's a reason why it continues to get amplified more and more every single day. It makes it an uncomfortable situation, even more than it already is, for people that are already marginalized, like homeless individuals. So, no, hostile architecture and its abolishment isn't the entire solution to the issue of homelessness, but completely like getting rid of it and finding more innovative ways to innovative ways to maintain safety while also preserving a level of comfort and human decency is a step in the right direction. Wrap this up with a quote from architect James Furzer, who I previously mentioned, while speaking on the effect of hostile architecture on homeless people. He said architecture isn't going to solve the issue but it can provide some sort of temporary solution just to give them some sense of well-being. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, which happens to be the first one of season two. I certainly gained a deeper understanding of hostile architecture and how it affects marginalized groups. I hope you were also able to gain insight on this issue that goes widely unnoticed. On that note, be sure to follow my Instagram at a little podcast, and I will see you next Thursday here on A Little Perspective. 